0: Welcome to another episode of Ask the Doulas. I am Alyssa, co-owner of Gold Coast and Postpartum doula. Today we are talking to Lisa, who is a past client of ours. She was actually a postpartum client of mine. Hello, Lisa. Hi. Um, So we've talked a lot in the time that we've worked together, and you have um, kind of an interesting story about your fertility journey um, and how, you know, I think... I thought the same thing. You get off birth control and you think you're going to get pregnant right away. And when it doesn't happen, um, (laughs) our brains just go straight to like worry. And um... so, tell me about start from the beginning. Like you know, you got off the pill and then what? Yeah. So my
1: husband and I, this was both of our second marriages, and we and I was 35, and we went off the pill, and I literally thought that month it would just be boom, you know, we're pregnant and it didn't happen. And I think he was 37 at the time and we were trying for seven or eight months and, um, nothing was happening. And we just didn't understand. We were confused. Like what, you know, what could possibly be going wrong here? And so I went to my OBGYN and she said, you know, you should just get the, the course of, um, fertility you know the initial kind of fertility screens done to see you know if everything is working for both you and him and so you got screened or you both got screened we both got screened and what does that entail oh god! for you and him well, for my husband, he it, um, he needed a sperm uh, sample,
0: okay? And
1: then they look at things like morphology of the sperm and like you can have all different things happen with your sperm. like you can have two headed sperm. Your, the tails of your sperm can be too long or too short or whatever. Um, I think the typical morphology is um, it's like four percent of the sperm is good. That's kind of the average. But I think his was either one or two percent, so he was less than half, okay. um, you know, of what it, of you know, highly fertile man would be considered. And for me, it um, involved a bunch of blood tests that test your hormone levels um, at the different parts of your, uh, at, of your cycle, and then also some X rays. Um, I can't remember. I think it was called an HCG, where they pump, um, ink through your uterus and your fallopian tubes to make sure that there's nothing, um, plugged that, um, basically the, sp- the sperm and the, the egg, you know, the sperm can come up and the eggs can come okay. down. There's nothing blocking. Ovaries, so there's nothing okay. blocking. And, um, so we did that and, um, I was kind of considered more of advanced maternal age and then my <laughs> husband was, turns out, not super highly fertile um at that point. And then we had a couple uh miscarriages after that too, but they were really early, so I wouldn't even have been pregnant quite a month. And then we thought, well what's you know, what's going on with that? And then um I had some other, you know, health issues going, and one of my health providers suggested I go um, get some more um, tests, kind of that were autoimmune related, because it turns out if you have a bunch of autoimmune things going on, that can lead to early term um, miscarriages. And then I tested positive for all of this autoimmune stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and which led into um, a bunch of autoimmune suppressing um, therapies. And, uh, two rounds of, uh, IVF. The first round we didn't get any, um, viable eggs. And the second round we got one and I was just beside myself with, we had 28 eggs and only out of all those 28, we only had one viable one. And my hopes were not high because of all this autoimmune stuff was, that was going on. And we just had one egg and, uh, and we did a frozen embryo transfer uh, because we did get the, um, the the chromosomal testing done, which is how we knew if the eggs were viable or not. And then with the one egg, we got pregnant. But all said and done, it was a two and a half year process. Wow. For us. Yeah. And um, and then we ended up having our son when I think I was thirty nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that Ethan was IVF. He was. Yep. And then during the whole pregnancy, it was um, I was highly monitored because of all the autoimmune stuff going on, and
0: um, that. So, was what just, do you mean by autoimmune? Um, like therapies and stuff
1: you had to do. Well, I had infusions every other week. I was um, on uh, uh, steroids to keep my immune system down the whole time and a bunch of other smattering of things, which of the drugs that I can't really even pronounce at this point. And it just basically calms a woman's immune system down enough to not reject a fetus. Okay. And so then you're highly monitored. You're getting blood tests all the time to see where your inflammation and stuff like that is. And so we did that. Um, and then it turns out we had a, I had what well, my, I don't know, my placenta had a, um, previa, which is where oh. the, the placenta is covering mm-hmm. the, um, the cervix. And so then I went on bed rest for five weeks in the hospital in the antipartum unit. And then, um, and we had, I was bleeding all the time. And then we had kind of the fourth big, bleeding incident and they didn't think it would stop. And so we went into an emergency C-section and then he was born five weeks early.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a lot. So how was your pregnancy up until the five week bed rest point? Um, I had to, um, take
1: short-term disability from work because I was, um, I only know this because I had to do this for insurance, but I was doing 30 to 40 hours of medical care a week oh, wow. to do all the autoimmune stuff. And that lasted through week 20. Um, and so I had this kind of honeymoon period between week 20, which your body starts calming down as it's getting through the second trimester. So, from an autoimmune perspective, if you get through to the second trimester, are into the second trimester, then you're, you're pretty much considered, you know,
0: in, in the clear, your body's saying, okay, I get it. You're staying. I'm not going to try to get you out anymore.
1: And from a NICU perspective, um, if, if you get to, I think it's week 23 or 24, I can't remember which of those two, you know, it's, it's with all the technology that we have today that it's pretty much considered, you know, they can help along you know a, a twenty four week old yeah gosh, so once you get there, at least even if something should happen, then you can you know
0: your that baby would be can tough. Live in that hospital. would be a lot of NICU time yeah a twenty four week old baby, yes, yeah. so, so did Ethan have any NICU time at five weeks early? He did we were in the yeah. NICU for eight for eight days, okay, that was enough. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I'm no. glad you didn't say five weeks.
1: No, we thought um, we thought we were going to be in there for five weeks because it says that. I mean, they basically set your expectations that whatever would bring them to full term mm-hmm. is yep. kind of typically considered what your NICU stay would be. So, even though he was born five weeks early, he was pretty healthy. Was he big? He was big. He was five pounds nine ounces okay. at um, at 35 weeks. And a day. So yeah. that was good. He just had um, some issues with keeping warm and then keeping his blood sugar up. So, but, and then I didn't, I was one of the lucky ones. I didn't really ever have any challenges with breastfeeding. And so that went really well. And I was just so grateful for that because there was so much that had been a challenge. Yeah. You know, leading up to that. That on that top would have
0: like, melted at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any advice for parents who, you know, like you, we get off the pill, think <laughs> it's going to happen right away, and now two and a half years later, you know, and yeah. two IVF treatments, um, how do you how do you deal with that, and how do, how do you and your partner deal with that together? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, it's probably very individual, right, it, based on personalities and yeah, how you handle stress. Um, and handle stress together, but is there just, do you think there's one like universal piece of advice to, you know, is it be patient? Is it, um...
1: I would say if you're older, and I would say maybe the 35
0: mm-hmm.
1: age range and plus, if things aren't happening, you know, right away, I would just say just go get the stuff tested don't wait a year or whatever like just go get stuff tested out because because those years from even 35 to 36 and 36 to 37 those really start counting yeah. for your the quality of your fertility not right. that you couldn't ever make a child it's not it's the quality of it's, it's going to get harder it's every year mm-hmm. it's harder every year right and i think the other thing that looking back, I would suggest for anybody who is doing fertility, try to like do one thing a day that is just for you, that makes you feel cared for. Because during our fertility and then pregnancy and then delivery, I think that my husband and I, we were just out of juice by the time our son got here. And that's when you really need it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's when, that's when they, you have a baby then in your arms who isn't sleeping. <laughs> and, you know, you need, like, you just need help. And right. so I think if I just would have, I don't know, maybe slept a I, that sounds Like take a nap? Take a <laughs> nap. Like, take a nap when you're pregnant. You know, just, just try to nurture yourself in the ways that is possible, that me, that is meaningful for you. And I'm not saying like, go buy a new wardrobe. I'm literally saying, you know, if you really like to read, yeah. go spend an hour a day and read, like indulge yourself and rejuvenate yourself a little bit because you're going to need it
0: because you don't have to read hard. about fertility
1: or read no. about baby stuff like read something that you find enjoy find the absolute best providers that you can and ask good questions and then trust because otherwise
0: it's just you can kind of question marathon. right everything yeah. and everybody because yeah. we can google it yes
1: <laughs> that's another thing don't google
0: <laughs> like
1: limit yourself to 5 minutes of googling a day or something <laughs> right
0: don't do that. Yeah, that's that, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole. Well, sure. next time we talk to you, Lisa, I think we're going to get into your postpartum journey and how you got here, how you ended up here in good old yeah. Grand Rapids. Yeah. All right, thank you for sharing. And thank you for listening. Find us at goldcoastdoulas.com. You can always email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on SoundCloud. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Talk to you next time.